0: Are you confused by what you hear and read in the papers and the press and television? We can't help but be by the madness and the, and the division that comes in our time, of our living between the madness of the world and the majesty of God's creation. And how do you bring these together? It's difficult, it's a challenge. But I find that the encounters with Jesus are exciting and amazing and not just historical, but current. And I've always been interested in the story of Nicodemus, and, uh, who had to sneak around by night and find Jesus, and then, because of his excitement, said, you know, you've got to be somebody from God. Nobody could do what you do if they weren't from there. And Jesus said, you're right. But you got to come from above to get a hold of it. you really got to get a whole new thing. you got to be born again. Well, now, that phrase has taken the church into more disaster than I think any other phrase in the Bible. Two weeks ago, John talked about how he was suckered in by that, and I could tell a similar story in my own life but i could never give up on nicodemus and and on that insight because when when jesus said you're right you've got to you got to get out of where you are and this is where the great divide comes in in our understanding of scripture nicodemus was literal he wanted the detail and the fact jesus is the poet and if you read through that passage again and begin to see how he waxes eloquent about how, you know, you've got to tune in to creation and how 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 the wind was over the water, right out of Genesis, and 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 the spirit blows and we don't know where it comes from. And 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 yet when we we have to see that the, the invisible becomes visible. We can't quite determine it, but the spirit is at work. The spirit said, "You look at that baby, and and it's a you know it's a you can touch it, but once it begins to fill with that spirit that God infuses by His grace, then then you begin to get something that is led and determined and and moved in ways you could never begin to imagine." And and uh, uh, Nicodemus said. You know, but I, got, I need evidence. And Jesus said, you aren't listening. To get a hold of this, you need to let your heart be caught up in, in that which is bigger and, and beyond it. I have a confession. Uh, one of my dear friends, Dorothy Smith, who was a part pastor down the street at the Albertson Church, said to a mutual friend one time, you know, I think Avery gets it. But the problem is, he's trying to get his head around it. And there's a lot more if he'd let it open up. I've been trying to let it up for years. (laughs) And trying to get a hold of it, because it does get a hold of me. Because what it was saying is, God so loved us and the world, that he wanted to do the very best he could to send something in and among us so that we could realize that he loves his creation and is just trying to make it right. He turned it over to us, and we're not doing a very good job. But he keeps trying, as a loving father, to bring us prodigals back to where we can begin to understand. Now, I was putting together some phrases with this, and then I discovered in Richard Rohr's book, The Immortal Diamond which is a great treasure a line that I think defines it for us very well and he said if religion does not transform our consciousness to compassion it's more of the problem than the solution you got it? I would ask you to repeat it like a repeating... Because this is... If religion does not transform our consciousness to compassion, it's more of the problem than it is the solution. And we have seen that. You know, Paul said, Let this mind and heart be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. But the religion that we see around us in the world, how it's divided and torn it apart and, and, and has been a, a demonic, destructive force for the possibilities and the preservation of God's creation. And so I, I think we've got a good job. But so I look for people who can help me with it. And Richard Rohr is one of those I keep quoting because how can you not quote that? I mean, he says it, and he says it in his Breathing Underwater and his blogs and so forth. But but one of the real treasures that really hasn't been surfaced enough, and I've referred to him by name as Wendell Berry. You, You know Wendell Berry? You remember I talked about him? He's the poet, novelist, essayist, advocate and farmer. And his grasp, you know, he on Sunday morning he doesn't go to church. And one of the Baptist preachers said, You're better off to go out there than we could do for you. He goes out and walks in the woods and comes back with a poem and he published the book, The Timbered The Timbered Choir. And to hear him, and I've been with him on a couple of times and on occasions, he's he's incredible. Because he senses the agony and the ecstasy of what it means to be in the world. He feels it and describes it. Get a hold of some of his poems. Because it's, it's a treasure. God bless us if sometime we could ever have, have him here. But he, we have his words. We have his books. We have what he's done. Now, Sue Aslan, our parish nurse, fortunately, call my mind attention to another thing that I think lifts the consciousness of the, toward the conscience. And the faith communities across the country this weekend are celebrating and this is not just, this is everybody across the spectrum, celebrating a Sabbath to call attention to gun violence in our country. Now I know it's a hot topic, but it's a it's a faith topic. Because we cannot allow our children to be slaughtered by Keras. I have had two in my own ministry where this has happened. There's too much of it. Jesus, when Peter tried to defend him, said Put that sword away. Anybody who touches this will perish with it. Violence begat violence. Now, I understand this, but the irrationality with which the National Rifle Association has held the country hostage is scandalous. Now, how are we going to talk to them? How are we going to have a conversation about this? Because uh, in the paper now, the Surgeon General whom the President wants to appoint is being vetoed because some of the more conservative states are, are cowering Democratic Senators lest they vote to approve him as Surgeon General. Now, his move wasn't radical. It was trying to reach the conscience of the country. Why must I have the weapons that destroy, rather than the instrument and the and the field that brings together? Well, you know, it's based on fear, and Jesus said, "Fear not, fear not." And our Lenten offering is another place, not just for some money. But it's to raise the consciousness of all of us to some vital concerns about which we can share. You see, Jesus said, I gotta get you out of the little world in which you live and bring you into the glorious world that God has created and giving you and wanting you to cultivate in his name and in his spirit and his truth. But I got an illustration. It's very close to us and one in which I share because I think God has given us a gift and we have someone right here who gets it Barry Wentworth had to go this weekend to the memorial service of his brother a couple of years ago at the men's retreat, Barry was our guest and guided our conversation. And he told us his story. He said, I was an orphan. And I've been a banker. and Comfortable. But I saw a request from UNICEF, the United Nations Children's Fund, that they needed a financial officer. And so I prayed about it. And I went to it. And he's there. Now, I think... I don't know of a better illustration of what Jesus meant when he said, take up your cross and follow me. Because you can't take up the responsibilities to go into an organization that has to deal with the chaos... and confusion of bureaucracy and politics... both within and without in the world. And Barry goes to his office... and daily... he's getting the reports... from the crying out of those agents... and those working with him across the world... about the children of Syria... and the children of Somalia... and the children of Sudan... And the children of our world who are exposed and hungered and and helpless, and, and the political machinations preventing aid and doctors from coming in and giving help. That won't tear your soul up. To listen to it and to have to feel the charge of the cry of the children of the world and know your limitation. I have a wish. I would hope that we could have Barry report to us regularly because you know we have amnesia sometimes called apartheid of conscience where we get separated from the real but let Barry tune us in and then I think we need to hold up the Barry's Of this world and do you end in prayer? To treasure the trust they have that God will guide these places where people can find something to relieve. If you look at that child and you can touch it. But you can't touch that spirit. And what's the spirit that's moving in and among us around the world? I hope we can share and care. You see, what Jesus was, I think, saying, we're living in a co- very competitive world. And competition erodes care. And we're living in a very consuming culture where we've got to consume rather than think of others and of their need. Instead of competing, can we learn to cooperate? Now, this is upsetting the whole thing. Can we get that? Can we get a hold of it? Can we have cooperation instead of isolation? So that we begin to feel the tug I'm sure Jesus felt when he wept over Jerusalem, if you could only get it, if you'd only listen. So we reach out, not in fear to ward off, but in warmth to embrace. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And I trust you already with the green, yeah? for the wearing of the green. And St. Patrick, was a young man who was kidnapped from Ireland, from England, uh, to Ireland, and was a slave for six years. And finally he escaped back to England, went into a monastery and trained as a monk. But in his prayers he heard the voices saying, Oh, holy child, oh, holy child, come back to Erin." So in 432, he went back to Ireland and began building the churches and the monasteries across, the, across that country. And I must say, what a tragedy that England didn't send St. Patrick back instead of going in in the 19th century with the troops that divided the land and for which they still struggle. St. Patrick went back and I think we missed some of the celebration, but there's a prayer attributed to him. It said, Christ be with me. Christ be before me. Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. In the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Of every eye that sees me and every ear that hears me trying to sensitize the soul. But I think it's Wendell Berry who captured for me the word. He said, I know that I have life only in so far as I have love. I have no love except it comes from you. Help me please to carry this candle against the wind. God has given each of us the candle of his spirit to go before the dawn in our world in that darkness and to be able to bring light into those places of despair and division and competition and, and struggle and, and hatred and fear to move in with the light of God's spirit that set in the face of all of this, I love you. When Jesus said, taking up a cross is not easy because minds and hearts don't change unless they really feel His love. Can we do it? Berries on the frontier. And we join him and be with others and ourselves be there in the name of him who gave us new birth to put it right. Amen.